Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Brett Ricely, and today I have a special guest and a friend of mine from the Mission Church with me, uh, Ross. Ross, do you want to say hi, introduce yourself, maybe tell everybody a little bit about what you do, and we'll jump in here today. Yeah, sure, sure, Brett. Yeah, like you said, my name is Ross Kelderman. I uh, met Brett through church, and yeah, I consider him to be a good friend and um, partner as we kind of walk towards Christ uh, through the gospel together. Um, I'm an accountant by by day. I work in senior living and senior housing. Um, I have a couple of kids, a kindergarten daughter, Lucy, and a preschooler named Charlie. Uh, we live out here in central Iowa and uh, looking forward to just having a conversation with Brett here and kind of what we're going through these days. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ross. Yeah. And so for our listeners today, um, whoever you might be, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are currently recording this podcast in the middle of the COVID-19 uh, situation. Um, so we're in March right now, late March recording this. And so we're kind of in the middle of it, in the thick of it, aren't we, Ross? I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of spread pretty fast and America's trying to keep up with things. And there's been a lot of different closures. Schools are closed. Businesses are closed. Uh, uh, the government just signed a, a huge, you know, trillion dollar stimulus package for the, the economy and all sorts of things. So there's been a lot of incredible kind of historic things that have happened in the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and I can't think of a lot of times in history where there's been a major headline event where I have felt a practical effect in my life. I mean, maybe I felt the news or I connected to it in some way yeah. and I understood the significance, but in terms of affecting my day-to-day life, um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we had a big flood in central Iowa in 93, and there was some inconveniences caused by that. But, I mean, that was nothing compared to this where, you know, we really can't leave the house. And the one time I have left in the last three weeks, I went to Target and the shelves were all empty, you know. So <laughs> it's just, this is different than anything I've experienced. A whole other world right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great way to say that, that we all hear the news. Uh, sometimes we probably just roll our eyes at the news or sometimes the news is really disconnected uh, from us personally. But I feel like this is definitely a season where in the world, uh, this is a situation that literally has impacted every single person on the planet, I would imagine, except for maybe that one guy who lives up in the hills in the middle of nowhere who doesn't even know what's happening and he's totally cool. <laughs> uh, wish I was that guy someday. <laughs> but so anyways, so so Ross, you know, we're both Christians. We're, we're followers of Jesus. We're very imperfect. I think that we could say that about each other pretty honestly. But as we look at this coronavirus thing, uh, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of people on a whole large spectrum. And maybe I'll just lay out a spectrum from my perspective. And then we can talk about how Christians, you know, maybe how should we as Christians think about this type of thing? And then how should we respond? How do we live in the midst of a thing like this? But there's the spectrum, you know, for our listeners, if you are listening to this later, the spectrum goes anywhere from 
one end of the spectrum is this is not a big deal. It's kind of just a conspiracy. Don't even worry about it. Just go on as life as usual. This will pass in a few days. And on the other extreme, there's people who are literally like, it's literally the end of the world. The apocalypse is minutes away. Jesus is coming back. We need every supply we can gather for the next year and a half to live underground in a bunker and it's doomsday. And then we have everything in between. And so, uh, I'm probably more in the middle or, or somewhere in, in that range. But um, yeah, so I don't know where you would be out on the spectrum, Ross, but how do we as Christians think about this? And then how do we, how do we live? What, what should our lives look like? And I think that's the challenge we're all trying to figure out in real time as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think me and you started talking about this maybe a month ago, so ago. And I would say that my perspective on it has changed uh, probably in line with how my lifestyle has changed the last few weeks and, and the headlines and all that. Um, one of our local news stations kind of is going under the tagline of coronavirus facts, not fear. And I think what they're trying to say is, you know, come to us for real data, science driven news, not reactionary, emotional kind of headlines or whatever. But I think objectively, if you look at, what's being reported in terms of the spread and stuff. I think the facts of the science, I think they are frightening. I mean, to be yeah. quite honest, um, I think there really is a lot that's happening in our world, in our economy, um, potentially in the very near future in the lives of people that we care about that, that is objectively scary or upsetting or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, I think, what we don't want to overlook, though, is that that's not new. We have lived in a broken world, you know, our, our entire lives. And while we may have been hiding under false guises of control or security, whether it be, you know, our savings or our personal health or just, you know, the health of those around us or whatever. And maybe this this season is challenging that, um, you know, I, 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 I think for the most part, all of this new stuff is just clearer than maybe the brokenness of the world before. Also, you know, I think we need to remember that what's real is the gospel. Um, heaven and hell are both real. And those are, those are heavy, heavy and deep truths. God is real. The cross is real. Um, and I think there is a place to tremble before the Lord and his sovereignty and all this, but, but this coronavirus thing, I think, is just an aspect that he has given us from his hand to purify us and to make us more like him. And so I'm trying not to be alarmed or create alarm in those around me. Um, but objectively, I will, I will say, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff I work in senior living, and it's, these are challenging times yeah. um, for people in a lot of businesses. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, I think that, I mean, you, you bring up a really great point. I mean, uh, it's easy to... It's easy to be a Christian when times are easy. Uh, it really is. And then so when things, when the rubber meets the road or suffering comes or trials come, whatever that looks like, it really, I, I feel like it really does pull back the layers of our comfort. Maybe it pulls back layers of, of a sod. Maybe it pulls back layers of just simply going through the motions. And we really, it kind of strips you down to really who you are. And I think it really also pulls the faith up to the surface and really examines it for what it really is. Because I've seen... I've seen this in my own life. I'll just start there and pick on me before I pick on anybody else. Uh, but it's easy to say the right things in these situations, you know, uh, especially if you've been in the church for a while. Um, and it's easy to say those things, but it's really hard to live 
those things out in a real situation and a real trial like this. And so it's easy to say, and I believe with my head, God is in control. God is with me. God is sovereign. I trust him. All those things are true and I believe them. But it also, that has to flow down from my confessional theology to my functional theology, something else you and I talk about a lot. And so functionally, I find myself going, uh, man, this is a little bit scary. I'm a little bit afraid of my new normal. I'm a little bit of afraid of all the, the economic impacts that this could have on all these different things that are directly tied to my life, my family, my mortgage, my kids, you know. And so I, I've really had to wrestle with that too and just be honest with the Lord and say, God, I'm, I'm actually pretty scared about certain things, but help me, Lord. Uh, help me work through that to truly come to a place of peace with you in that rather than just say, God's got this and kind of just roll with that as a, as this kind of a fun little slogan. So I definitely feel like that's part of it too. And the emotions that are tied up into it with a lot of people as well, of fear, worry, anxiety. Um, and so I do think it is an opportunity, you know, Romans eight twenty eight and 29 is a verse that most people probably know, but if you don't, I'll just paraphrase it. It's, you know, that God works all things for the good of, of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But then it also goes on to say in verse 29 that those whom he is predestined, he is also called and foreknew to be predestined to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. And so those two verses together show us that even in all things, good or bad, from our perception, God is actually using those things to mold us and transform us more into the likeness of Jesus. And so even if this is a negative thing from my perspective, which most would probably agree it is, we have to step back and biblically look at this from the lens of Scripture and say, God's Word does tell us to some degree this is a good thing in terms of our personal transformation. And then the next question is then, if that's truly true, which I believe it is, well then, God, what areas of my life need to be brought into submission to your will, to your rule, and to your reign? What areas in my life need to be transformed that you're using this COVID-19 thing to bring up to the surface? And then am I willing to press into those things and say, God, uh, help me through the Holy Spirit. Help me, be, change me. Change me from the inside out and show me these things. And so I also think that's a perspective that's hard right now as well as to not just get so consumed with the swirl of the news, the swirl of the bad news of more things closing, things are canceled, churches canceled, you know, adjustments, everyone's working from home, everybody's life is, is literally turned upside down. It's really hard to, to step back from that and step into a place of theological reflection and saying, what are you doing, God? And what is it that you're trying to teach me right now? Yeah, I... I, I think one place that I've been finding a lot of treasure is in Philippians 4. And, um, you know, one one kind of piece that I'll highlight right now is 5 through 7. Let your reason must be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the conversations that I've been having with a lot of Christians over the last couple of weeks is around kind of almost what I would call routine or habit. And what's, what's strange, and this is definitely personally true for me, if I'm honest with you, Brett, is time with the Lord, whether we're talking about time in the word um, breath, you know, reading it wide or depth, really studying it, time in prayer, um, 
has really not been for me what it was back when I had to get up at five, five thirty in the morning to spend that time. Um, you know, when I had to commute and everything, all those complications for yeah. some reason, I I'm finding it, um, time in the word during this time in prayer is, has been more challenging for me requiring kind of more diligence or, or more discipline than it had back, back, um, when I was busier. And, and I think there's not, not been a more important time in my life to have this. I've, while I've struggled to really infuse those truths into my life and to walk with him through this at the same time, I have been pouring more and more headline news, um, into my mind. And, and so I think it's created, it can create sort of a mix that really off balances it. And then, well, I need more of that now. I need more of that now. And I, I think that there's uh, really a danger there for me personally in terms of my spiritual walk with the Lord. And it's one that I, I think other people that I've talked to can relate with. And so um, as we continue on this into what I hope is, you know, the second half of this, not the second, third or second quarter, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think really what I'd like to do is treat my days as if it was, you know, a normal day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this would help me so much spiritually, but I've even heard suggested dress up for work, you know, I mean, yeah. get up at your normal time, <laughs> you know, do your workout, do your time in the word, do your hygiene. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was that, was that pointed at me? That felt like it was yeah. pointed at me. <laughs> yeah. That may, have been, that may have been a little point at you, but uh. um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's really um, a need, at least in my life to, to build the, rebuild those healthy routines, even if they don't, appear necessary or as easy. Yeah. No, I, I think that's totally true. I think, I think there's, there's two things that come to mind with what you're talking about. There is, there is the need for some normalcy of kind of a a stable routine. And obviously that's going to have to change. You know, we're all editing and adapting and adjusting our routine to kind of find our new normal. That's kind of the language a lot of us have been using. So we need some normalcy in that new normal. At the same time, we can't just, and you're not saying this, but I think I've heard other people kind of talk like this, that we can't just proceed as if everything's the way that it always has been either. Like, let's just kind of put our head in the sand and go, we're just going to march on. We're going to do the things, the same things, the same way, even though this, the whole world's upside down. I think that's also probably not the wisest approach because things are not the same. Things are truly different. People have different questions, different fears. We're trying to find different ways to do ministry. And that doesn't mean that the gospel changes or anything like that. That's timeless. But I do think uh, intentionality um, in this new normal is going to be key for us as Christians to not only get through it, so to speak, in a, in a God-honoring way, but I also think it also will speak volumes to our world, who is probably watching whether they want to say it or not, of how do people with faith or religion, you know, deal with this kind of stuff? You know, where do they put their hope and how do they act? And, and obviously, as we read the New Testament, we are encouraged and we are exhorted to live differently than the world, to not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. And a lot of that comes from Romans 12, 1 and 2, to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so I think, like you said, you know, uh, building in those rhythms where I'm putting in more of God's word than I am the news or media or Facebook, um, 
is going to be really important for us moving forward. And I think it's also extra challenging now. It's, you know, social media and our screen time and all that's always been a challenge. But I think now more than ever, that's even a greater challenge because that's the only way we can connect with people now. It's online, it's through Zoom and Facebook and Marco Polo and video chats and emails. And so it's almost like I feel this tension like every single day this un, almost overwhelming draw to just cling to my phone and always check it and always look forever. I mean, what, who do I need to respond to? What messages do I need to send? And I'm already feeling, man, that's, that's a, that's a pretty real poll that, that I'm already trying to figure out. Okay. I need to get some very intentional boundaries in place on my phone. Uh, notifications, you know, on certain apps only no app, no notifications on others. I only check it this many times a day. You know, I really need to get there because uh, now that everything's kind of online, I think it's also a, a temptation to really draw us away from being intentional about staying grounded in God's word. And so the last thing I'll say, and we'll kind of volley this back and forth about some other topics here too, but is the, the, the balance of being informed versus staying grounded. So I need to be informed on what's going on in the world. I probably should check the news every now and then just to know what's happening but I should be more focused on being grounded in God's words so that when I am informed, I'm not freaking out or I'm not just I'm like James, the book of James talks about being tossed to and fro on the waves of just of all these different opinions and teachings that are coming out about all sorts of things. So uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? How do you, how are you balancing the struggle with this heightened online and technology centered world now? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in first Peter, I've been reading about this this concept of us being aliens and strangers here, mm. and and we are, of course. Like yeah. um, that stock market that that our retirement money is in. Well, that's not really where our hope should be found. Yeah. And those jobs that we have or that we had, you know, that's not really where our hope should be. And um, there are a lot of differences as aliens that we should, the way we should respond to being here in this foreign land than the people who are native to it, those who are lost. Um, and, and so I think that's real. At the same time, I think there's a huge opportunity here to, as we're at least aware of what this foreign land is going through, a, being able to connect that with truth, um, I think there's a real opportunity for us to have conversations of greater depth yeah. Uh, with people who really are in a moment of fear that that whole facade that they've been on mm -hmm. is no longer providing them with that false sense of protection. Yeah. And I, I think there really are going to be opportunities for me um, and, and for all of us to have conversations of greater depth, greater truth and greater matter than what we've been able to have in the past. And so um, I, I really do see an opportunity here. I mean, I see several opportunities, but in terms of just evangelism or, or or sharing Christ with with those around me who I care about. Um, I think I think this is a unique opportunity, but we need to make yeah. sure that in becoming aware of what's going on in this foreign land, that we're not becoming immersed into it and of it. Yeah, oh, that's really good. That's really good. So that's one thing I wanted to chat about for a little bit was the opportunity to proclaim and demonstrate or declare the gospel in the midst of this and how how, you know, the church has always, has always stood the test of time. Jesus said, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That doesn't mean our specific little congregation. That's a capital C church, the global church, his body. Uh, it will not be defeated. And so as we 
see through through church history all these different plagues or envir- of of all sorts of cultural upheaval or whatever the church is always there the question is not is the church going to be around the question is what's the church going to do in the midst of a situation like this and so let's talk a little bit about what what you see and what i'm seeing is opportunities to display the gospel and demonstrate the gospel to a world and i think you've started to hit at that obviously with talking to coworkers and having more meaningful conversations um, but one thing I definitely am seeing is, is people's grasping to hold on to something uh, steady and sure. And we know and believe that that's Jesus. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that dynamic in the midst of this? Yeah, I mean, in the conversations I've had, you know, and it's obviously been kind of non-conventional venues in terms of Zoom or, um, you know, electronic means. But uh the financial impact or economic impact of this has been the larger, I think, shaking of folks than the health concern. And maybe that's because a lot of the people that I'm interacting with are not in sort of that at-risk group. And so for them, the economic impact is maybe more felt. And um, for me as an alien here, I, I go back to Hebrews 13, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? As I look at you know my retirement savings or you know income potential or whatever being changed by all this, you know, if if that was really all I had, I think it would be a very heavy or, or scary time. But the fact is, I know that I have less today than I did a month ago because of the Lord's hand. And I trust him with that and I embrace it. And so to the extent that I can talk to somebody who says, Ross, I'm really scared. You know, I was planning on retiring in nine years and now my 401k says I can't do that. You know, talking through what, where I put my trust and and what that means for me, I think I think that's an opportunity of truth, and and I think that they really are genuinely feeling that and looking for, like you said, something to grasp onto. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I've again, I I'm a pastor, so I don't work with any coworkers that don't know Jesus. But in talking to neighbors and in talking to some other people and even some other believers, I definitely get that sense again that you know, there's a these times definitely kind of shake your faith a little bit. And hopefully, you know, what's found out after the shaking is that there's, it's still rooted firmly in Christ. Um, but I'm also seeing, as I see neighbors and other things, I'm seeing this, this definitely kind of a, a sense of fear, deer in the headlights of, oh man, what is, what is going on? Obviously, some people are even talking that this is the end times that's actually going to happen real soon. And we don't, we probably don't have time to get into any of that. But um, you know, the verse that comes to mind for me that's been on my heart since this started coming out is First Peter 3.15 that says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Um, and so my hope is that as Christians that we can look at people in the eye and say, look, I get that this is scary. It's scary for me too. And we could be honest about that and transparent about that, but also be able to say that here's the reason that my hope is not in this world or anything down here. Uh, it's because it's all going to fade away. It's all going to go away. It's all temporary. None of it's eternal. The only thing that's eternal is my soul being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, that that's the most hopeful thing I could imagine is a relationship with him where I am secure in him 
uh, regardless of even if I lose my life. I mean, Paul says in Philippians 3 that to, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Yeah. So, I mean, even if I lose my life to this, which I don't think I'm at risk for that, the worst case scenario is my body dies and I go to heaven for eternity with the Lord. And so I don't say that to be morbid or even to be flippant or to be careless about the situation, but to truly have a biblical understanding of the worst that could happen is my physical body goes away and I'm eternity with the Lord. And I think we need to have some level of that perspective so that we can put these trials in their proper place because these trials are not eternal. These trials are temporary. And that's, I think that's in Romans, that's in second Corinthians that Paul in, in both of those letters is saying that these, that this light momentary affliction is producing in us a weight of glory that far surpasses all these other things. And so there's a hope that gets produced in that. And I hope that we can share as Christians that reality that look, uh, my hope is not in this world. My hope is in Jesus. But then to also say, where is your hope right now? And to say, if you don't have any, I want to share with you, here's how you can have an actual eternal hope that's worth holding on to. Um, and so that's easier said than done. But I think we have a profound opportunity as the church to talk about that kind of stuff because it is on everybody's mind. It is what everyone's talking about. You can't, it's almost annoying how much the coronavirus is in all the conversations. You just can't have a conversation hardly without it. At the same time, I think we could leverage that opportunity to say, hey, how is the virus affecting your family? And then they'll say whatever they say. And then to say, hey, uh, what, are you, what are you holding on to? What's keeping you grounded in this season of turmoil? And see what they say. And then maybe from that conversation, begin to ask a few more probing questions. And then to say, can I share with you uh, the thing that really keeps me grounded in the midst of this coronavirus thing? And it's my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and so those are, those are a few thoughts that I have about just I'm hoping and praying that I have those kind of opportunities um, because I think a lot of people are asking those kinds of questions. Yeah, I I got to have a conversation like that a little bit before this really got all locked down, and and when we when we were still going into the office and stuff, and the colleague responded to that same question, and his response was, "Oh, let me show you, Ross." And he pulls out his phone, and he shows me a picture from his basement, and he's got this entire wall that's just rows and rows of toilet paper. <laughs> he had been going from retail outlet to retail outlet in town as wow. he'd hear rumors of toilet paper being for sale. And I said, gee, I, my coworker, you, you couldn't possibly need all that toilet paper. He said, no, but Ross, every time I buy one of these rolls of toilet paper, I feel more and more control wow. in the situation. Hmm. And I mean, to me and you, that sounds kind of insane, but think about it. Mm-hmm. Without Christ, what would you cling to? Absolutely. I know toilet paper sounds silly, but I, <laughs> I guess it, I kind of, I was able to connect with that, you know, yeah. like I, I yeah. see where you're coming from. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think you're totally right. It's, it's not, it's not necessarily the, the toilet paper in and of itself. It's the ability to feel in control, mm-hmm. right? I can control my, my destiny or my own world or my own. I mean, there, let's be honest. There's, there's a small part of us that probably feels that too. When the paycheck comes in or we look at our pantry or we look at our storage room or whatever, you know, I think there's a little sense of security that flares up in us that likes that. We all have a security gland, right? And sometimes it flares more for different people in different areas. But at the end of the day, that I think it's the the issue of control. I feel like I can control what might happen tomorrow. And the more control we feel, the better we feel about the situation. And so that's another dynamic that's very challenging as well as Christians. Uh, we have our part to play. We have a life to live. But at the same time, uh, we also need to recognize that our life is not our own. 
right? Galatians 2.20, Paul says, for I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so my life that I live really isn't my own. It's not about me. It's not even about what I want. So there's that dynamic too as well. But um, yeah, this is, it's quite a complex scenario, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's unique. Uh, trying, to, trying to think of the word that you hear every time somebody does a a speech on that. There's no precedent. That's what they it's, keep un, it's unprecedented. Nah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I, How can I forget? <laughs> the unprecedented pandemic. Those two words I, I don't think I'll ever need to hear again in my life. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Me either. I, I mean, I you wonder like, uh, so the, this year we have this pandemic and I totally believe this is from God's hand. And yeah. by no means am I saying that he's condemning us with this, certainly as believers. I think this is I think this is an act of purifying love in us. Um, I believe in the the judgment of God, His righteousness, but I, I I'm not, that's not what I see here with pandemic. But you know, you, you gotta wonder, like, you know, could could something like this, or even more so, become more become more normal to us? Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at this kind of culture that we've had in the West now for a long time it's remarkably fragile and it's all kind of held together by God's sovereignty. And it could be out of love that we would see that sort of shaken in the, in the future. And so, you know, how would we respond to that? If, if for instance, you know, we, we weren't food stable or um, for whatever reason, as Christians exercising our faith, put us in danger of, you know, being harmed by others or the state or whatever. Um, and I, I think it comes back to the scripture that you opened with, Brett. I mean, you know, he works together all things for good for those who are called in accordance to his purpose. Um, and, you know, honestly, if I think about how I've become so disappointed in some of the idols that I was clinging to a few weeks ago, yeah, I'm even today, I'm happy to say I'm here versus there. And so um, I think we just need to continue with that mindset and, a routine of honoring him with our time and energy and hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, we're, looks like we're coming up on probably a, a time to start wrapping this up, but um, I'm really grateful for your time to chat through these things. These are not easy things to talk about. They're, they're very nuanced. Again, we don't want to make light of this. If you're listening to this and wondering, you know, what we think we don't, we don't want to make light of it. It's very real. Uh, it, it has affected people in very serious, very tangible ways. Um, but at the same time as believers, we want to step back and we want to always start and think through these types of things through what does the Bible have to say about these types of situations and think biblically um, and not just reaction. Um, yeah. And so I appreciate your thoughts, Ross. I really appreciate your perspective. It's been it's been helpful for me to talk through these things with you. It's been helpful to to dialogue with a fellow brother about these things as we're all in a position of trying to adjust and trying to be faithful to the Lord uh, in the midst of this. And so as we wrap up here, I'll give you the last word, my friend. Any, any closing thoughts, uh, comments, scripture, anything you just want to kind of close this podcast out on? Yeah, I know. I mean, I really appreciate you having me on um, podcast. This is definitely a, a first for me, and I uh, enjoy talking to you about this, um, you know, hoping that uh, we – can be an encouragement to others, whether it be through this podcast or through conversations we have with others or, or other ministries that we may be involved with. Um, but uh, appreciate your time and hope you have me back uh, sometime soon. Absolutely. We'll do it. 
Well, thank you for listening today and uh, be checking out the, the podcast for coming episodes. And we're just grateful for you guys listening and tuning into our conversation today. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources, including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.